there. This is our mini training on bhakti yoga. And as we began, we were mentioning the analogy of the Wizard of Oz. And we looked at the three yogas of karma, jnana, and bhakti as being the uh, cowardly lion, the jnana yoga, the tin man, and bhakti, the uh, straw man. Uh, and Scarecrow. And if you remember in The Wizard of Oz, Dorothy said, I'm going to miss you most of all. Because love, the feeling of love and the experience of love is really so motivating. And it's what we all care about, what we all want. You are listening to Sadika a collection of special podcast mini-trainings from Embodied Philosophy and the Embodied Podcasts Network. Each multi-part series of Sadaka explores a different area of Dharma and contemplative studies. Sadaka features episodes on topics from Buddhism to Hinduism, from yoga to the divine feminine. Taught by faculty and friends of Embodied Philosophy, each series is a short audio course on the topic it explores. To watch the video version of these episodes, become a digital member for access to EPTV, Embodied Philosophy's streaming video service. To start your 14-day free trial, head to embodiedphilosophy.com forward slash EPTV. When we now get, have a little tour of bhakti yoga, it's really my favorite yoga. I was saying to Jacob that I feel that the uh, bhakti is a very easy path Okay, it's quite easy. And, you know, in the um, Bible, uh, it is said by Jesus, take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I think of that as the yoga of love. So when we uh, speak about the yoga of love, for one thing we want to do is expand our idea of what love is, because I think what's happened is that we've made love into a little box and we've defined it as a certain kind of relationship and a certain kind of attitude that that is quite narrowed in our definition but the truth of the matter is that if we use the power of recognition we can recognize love all over the place people are working to make the world beautiful out of love they love beauty and so they're gardening or they're decorating their house or they're, they love cooking. Or uh, today, as I made my way out of the subway, I had to ask directions. And a, the man was very nice and he was helping me understand where I had to go. And he was quite uh, cordial and kind with a smile. All of that was a moment of love that he offered for me. So let's expand our idea and recognize love where it may be pervading the whole world. And we are going to learn to see it. That's bhakti yoga. Bhakti yoga is not just chanting um, or, you know, venerating your deity through uh, practices, but it's really how we treat each other. That's where the rubber meets the road in bhakti yoga. And a smile, uh, a gesture of kindness, an openness to another person, seeing the divine in the other person is bhakti yoga. There are many different uh, flavors of love for God that, or the divine or the universe or the absolute, you know, you can use the different word that, that makes you resonate. Um, and it, in the yoga tradition, it was noticed that 
There's Shanta, which is peaceful love. Dasya, which is the love uh, of a servant for the master. Um, Sakya, the love for a friend. And uh, Vatsalya, the love between parent and child. And Madura, intimate romantic love. And when they listed those loves, they're talking about your personal uh, attitude and orientation toward the absolute. But then think again, when you're loving your parent, when you're loving your child, when you are loving a friend, when you are uh, in your intimate romantic love, or just feeling peaceful, all of those is, are forms of love for the divine, right? The divine that's where the rubber meets the road. That's what the divine really, I think, appreciates when we're, uh, we call ourselves bhaktas. Um, so the uh, thing is that in yoga, we're given almost a somatic location for the, uh, the sense of love, which is the heart. And your heart chakra is like the sensory organ, which tastes, feels, hears, and uh experiences this this thing we call love and when you do your practices a lot of the uh, way to generate love is to use word and mantra and of course uh, chanting which is one of the main practices because if you combine the feeling of love with your breath you're going to start cultivating the neurochemistry of that experience and do it, do the chanting. And at some point while you're chanting, you're going to be given a, a, a flourishing and an unleashing of this, this potent love, which is going to flow through you. Uh, so you're, you get in touch, you tap into it effectively, and um, it starts to flow and you just, you know, it, 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 there's nothing like it. And I've decided that the reason we love love is that the feeling of the infinite is love. So when you are experiencing it, you're touching the endlessness, the unbounded being that we all crave. Bhakti yoga is taking our, our uh, need, our longing, our uh, incredible drive, and our feeling of desire and bringing it to the empowering our process toward enlightenment. So you're, you've got all that need and you've got all that clinginess and you've got all that insecurity and fear, but you can take it all and you can pour it it's so powerful into the vehicle, which takes you to the enlightened state. So, uh, all of the yogas that we have been talking about um, have a breath practice which can be used to uh, instantiate the, the form of yoga that we're doing. And we're going to be doing in a moment the, uh, a breath practice which includes the feeling of love and which cultivates it, which is Pakti Yoga in my view. <clears throat> I'm going to read to you a, uh, a poem by a Bhakti Yogi who is um, St. John of the Cross, who was Spanish mystic. And I want to point out that he wrote some of the most beautiful mystic poetry on the planet. And he wrote it when he was in the most terrible suffering. And a lot of our intensity of the longing of love comes from suffering. And he was uh, actually imprisoned 
at the time that he wrote this poem. And, uh, but it tells you uh, the, the level of ecstasy that he had attained in his imprisoned state. He was actually in a cage, which wasn't big enough to stand up in for something like three years. And um, this is what he wrote as he prayed in that, uh, in that suffering. And it's called uh, A Living Flame of Love. A living flame of love, how tenderly you wound my soul in her profoundest core. You are no longer shy. Do it now, I ask you. Break the membrane of our sweet union. O soothing coterie, O wound that is a joy, O gentle hand, O delicate touch, tasting of eternity, repaying every debt, killing, you turn my death to life. O lamps of human fire, in deep transparency, the lowest caverns of the senses, once shadowy and blind, flare in light and warmth and wake the lover with amazing joy. How lovingly and soft you make my chest, my heart recall where you alone lie secretly and with your honeyed breath, replete with grace and glory, how tenderly you make me love. Now here's, before we do our breath technique with the uh, uh, experience and the, and the bhakti yoga breath technique, here's something from Nikephoros, the solitary, a 13th century um, Orthodox monk. This is what he said. You know that our breathing is the inhaling and exhaling of air. The organ that serves for this is the lungs that lie round the heart, so that the air passing through them thereby envelops the heart. Thus, breathing is a natural way to the heart. And so, having collected your mind within you, lead it into the channel of breathing through which air reaches the heart. And together with this inhaled air, cause your mind to descend into the heart and to remain there. So we're going to yoke our love to our breath and cause our love to descend into our heart, that the breath becomes the delivery system for the awareness of love. And so take your posture, bring your chin in towards your Adam's apple, reach with the back of your head and start to combine your breath with the feeling of love. And if you don't and can't imagine what I might mean by that, you might be affectionate toward a cat. You might love your dog. You might like chocolate. You might like playing golf. You might like the Yankees. Uh, there's something you love. Take that feeling and combine it with your breath. And now you're going to breathe deep and take your love fully inside with the inhalation. And fully exhale reaching your positivity into the universe. You know, love is positive. So you inhale. And you release. With your breath, you're creating a feeling of trust with the universe. You trust at the end of the exhale that you'll be breathing in. And you trust 
that at the end of the inhalation, you'll be breathing out. And you're inhaling. So when you hail something, you salute it. So salute the inner being with your in-breath. Inhale. And salute the outer consciousness with your exhale. practicing through your love the recognition of the consciousness which is pervasive breathing in inhale yes recognition exhale recognize the universal awareness on the outbreath And lastly, before we end, make the end of the inhalation a kiss so that the universal mind comes inside you with the inhalation. And at the end of that inhalation, the universal mind gives you a kiss in the here and now. Very personal. And then the exhale, you reach out to the cosmic consciousness at the end of that is a kiss. Good. And so when ready, we're going to inhale and put our palms together and let the fingertips touch the third eye, bring the chin to throat. And as you bow your head, you open your heart. You can feel it extending in the back. Bowing the head opens the heart. Taking our hands down. And so as a bhakti yogi, you're going to recognize love everywhere. And that's that. focus. Okay, so that's our mini program on Buddhist meditation for today. I look forward to working with you again in our next program, which will be on Vipassana meditation.